You're listening to Awakening with Rabbi Ami Silver on the Shefa Podcast Network. Join Rabbi Ami as he shares from the wellsprings of Jewish spiritual teaching and practice and guides us on a path of healing, transformation, and awakening to experiencing the divine. Hello, world. It's not often that we get to speak to the entire world. And truth is right now, we're acutely aware of how much we're interacting with the whole world because we're all in this situation together. We realize how much this world is the space that we all share. We realize how much every one of us is a world unto ourselves is a world unto their own. We care about each and every other person as a microcosm of the entire world. So I wanna speak to you a little bit world. Not because I feel that I have anything so great to add here. Frankly, I have very little to say these days. I feel at a loss. A loss for what to say that hasn't been said. A loss for finding direction in a directionless situation. And with all that, there is something that's been with me and that's been on my mind. And it has to do with an experience that a lot of us are facing together right now, which is that we are home. A lot of us are spending the majority of our time at home. And being at home poses challenges to us, emotionally, psychologically, for some spiritually. Part of what I've been contemplating is what does being at home offer us as a new place to be, spiritually, emotionally, psychologically. And what I want to share tonight is some thoughts on on being at home. There's a trajectory of the place of prayer, of the place of worship that the rabbis identify through the characters of Avraham, Yitzchak, and Yaakov, Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. Avraham, the rabbis say, encountered God on a mountaintop, on Mount Moriah, the place of the Akedah, the binding of Isaac. This was the place of worship for Avraham. In the language of the rabbis, Avraham Kraohar, Avraham called God's house, the temple, God's place, a mountain. Yitzchak Sadeh, Isaac called it a field because where Isaac encounters God most acutely is in his prayer in the field. And Yaakov, Kraobait. Yaakov called the place of God a house, a home. And this was in the story of Yaakov's dream. Yaakov's night where he put himself to sleep out in the wilderness and dreamed of the ladder 
and the angels going up and down and God atop that ladder. And Yaakov woke up and said, now I see this is the house of God. So the rabbis say that Yaakov calls God's place a house. That somehow the locus of worship, of encountering God in the most intense and real way, shifts from being a mountaintop to a field, to a home. And what we see happening there is things becoming a little less distant, a little less grand, certainly less outside of our environs and becoming much more intimate and close. And not only they become closer to us, but actually the place of meeting God, when it's a bite, when it's a home, is it's, it's here in the physical space that I inhabit. It's here where I live. It's here in my private life, in my quarters. Here's where I worship God. And for many people, I've you know heard a lot of people, seen a lot of people writing about and discussing. They're used to going to shul to pray. I've seen people of other faiths saying they're used to going to church and mosque. They're used to going to the place of prayer. And that is a kind of home for us, right? It's kind of a home base for our spiritual lives. But there's an even closer home, which is the place that we all live in. And right now, this is our place of worship. Right now, this is our place of encounter, of prayer, of devotion, of being with God. I want to look a little more deeply into this story of Yaakov's dream and just uncover some of the layers of what it might mean for us to enter into home as the place of meeting God with Yaakov as our guide, Yaakov as our model. Frankly, the story starts off not at home at all. It starts off saying, Yaakov actually leaves his home. Yaakov leaves Beersheva. This is right on the heels of the story of dressing up as Esav, taking the brachot from their father Isaac. And Esav swears to kill him. His parents say, get out of here. Go, go on your way. Find a wife. You'll come home one day. But Yaakov has just left home. He is homeless. And he's on his way to the place of Haram, but right now he's in between. These words, even Beersheva, Haram, the names of these places, Beersheva means the well of satiation, of Svi'ah, the place where he had everything he needed. He's leaving that well of riches, of support, of being provided for. And he's going Harana to the place of Haron. The rabbis say Haran has to do with Haron Af, place of anger, the place of frustration. He's leaving a place of satisfaction and he's on his way to a place of anger, disappointment. And what happens to him? He encounters the place. He confronts the place. We'll come back to this term. He goes to sleep. 
He takes stones from the place and puts them under his head, around his head. And he lies down in that place. You notice just in this one verse, the word makom comes up three times. And he has a dream. And behold, there's a ladder, Mutz of Artsa, standing earthward, with its head reaching heavenward, angels of God arising and descending, and God standing upon it. And God says, Ani Hashem Abraham the God of your parents, of your ancestors, the land that you are lying upon, I'll give to you and your descendants. There's a promise of Yaakov having many children. God goes on and says, Yaakov, I am with you. I will guard you, protect you everywhere you go. And I will bring you back to this land. I will not abandon you. Until I fulfill everything I've said. He wakes up then from his sleep. It sure turns out that God is in this makom, in this place, and I did not know, I had no idea. Then he becomes afraid. He has a moment of terror, and he says, This is an awesome and terrifying place. This is none other than the house of God. And this is the gate of heaven. Here is where Yaakov calls it Bayit. Yaakov discovers that the place that he slept and dreamed is the house of God. What actually happens here in this story to show Yaakov that this is the house of God? Remember, he's homeless. He's left his house. He's sleeping in the wilderness at night because the sun sets and he's got nowhere to go. So he takes some rocks and goes to sleep and has this dream. And in this dream, God is telling him very strongly and directly, I am with you everywhere you go. I will not abandon you. I am here. Yaakov wakes up and says, God is really here and I did not know that. And then he wakes up even more with a sense of terror to say, I'm standing in God's house. This is the gate of heaven. The house of God is the place Yaakov finds himself in. It's the place he stumbles into, or rather the realization he wakes up to by realizing that in this place that he is, this place where he thought God is Mamash not with me, here too, in this case, even more so here, so powerfully here. This is nothing other than the place of God. God is so much with me here, exactly here. The rabbis pay attention in these psukim to that word that shows up over and over again here, Makom, the place, the place Yaakov's in. 
Midrash here asks, Why is the name of God changed? Why is God given a nickname in the Torah? Why is God called Makom? It's clear to the rabbis that when Yaakov encounters the place and has this dream, he is encountering God. And this word place is a, a nickname for God. The rabbis say God is called the place, because God is the place of the world. God's world is not God's place. As if to say, it's not as we think that the given is here we are, we live in this world. Yes, God created this world, but here is this world separate from God or absent of God. And, and, and maybe here in this world, we might find God, but that the given is the world and God is somehow appears within that context. So I would say, no, 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 it's the other way around. The backdrop of all that is, the space of all of this, is divine. The space of all of this is none other than God. And this is taking place in God. This is happening in that divine space. And they go on and, and, and give this another another tone. We learned this from what we just saw in Parsha of the Shabbos Kitisa. God says to Moshe Rabbeinu, Come, there's a place with me. Remember, God, Moshe wants to have God's way revealed to him, God's glory, God's honor revealed to him. So God says, I'm going to bring you, invite you into this little cleft in the rock, and I want you to stand here, hinei makom iti, and I'm going to pass before you. And I would say, hinei makom iti, God is saying, place is with me. Meaning that when you find yourself in place, the experience of having a place, makom iti, you are with me there. Having a place here, all of a sudden, and even in Yaakov's case, being at home, doesn't so much have to do with what space are you in. What are the physical surroundings you're in? As we said, Yaakov is homeless. Moshe Rabbeinu in that story, he's in a cleft in a rock somewhere in Mount Sinai. But we don't always feel that we have a place where we are. And what we're being told here, the rabbis are telling us here, learning from these stories in the Torah, is that makom iti, the ability to find ourselves in place, to experience ourselves as having a place wherever we are, whether we're in our physical homes, whether we're in our house of worship, whether we're in a parking lot somewhere, whether we're at home because we have to be at home when we would rather be somewhere else or think that we should be somewhere else. No, no, no. The avoda here is not to be where you think you need to be. The avoda here is to find yourself in the place that you are. And when we touch into place, that's that divine whisper, here you are with me. I'm giving you this place. We 
enter into the place that we're being given by God here in real time, in real place, in this world, in Mikomo Shalonam. You know, the, the rabbis actually say that the ideal way to prepare for prayer is modeled by the Hasidim Rishonim, these early pious devotees, people who took their prayer so seriously and intensively, they would spend nine hours a day immersed in meditation and prayer. The Mishnah says that they would they would spend an hour before prayer silently meditating simply to align their hearts with Hamakom, with the place, with being here, with being where they are, with arriving and existing in the place that they are given in that moment. So for those of us who are in our homes right now, we have an opportunity to walk through the door that we don't need to open for ourselves. Yaakov Avinu opened it for us. Chazal opened it for us even more. Yaakov Yaakov said, you know, you know where I find God, you know, where we ultimately are heading to meet God. We might think it's in all kinds of places, and it, and it can be in every place, but but the real place of meeting God is, is called Abayit, is called being at home. So for those of us who are at home, for those of us who wish we were at shul, for those of us who don't wish we were at shul, but we want to find a way to pray in the place that we are, this is offering us a beginning point, which is, let my house become Emakom. Let my house become my bayit. Let my bayit be Beit Elohim. Become a place of prayer. Why is it a place of prayer? Oh, this is the place God is giving me. And to enter into there might just take some time to orient ourselves, to not just open up a sitter and put on a talis or however we are habituated to pray, our prayer has to shift a little bit right now. And the truth is this whole thing of waiting before you pray, it's brought the halacha as standard practice, even when you do go to shul, to arrive there first and spend some time just being there before you even open your mouth. So here we get to really, really start at the very beginning. We get to be malash and armayit, malash and armakom. Might take looking at our house with new eyes. Might take just sensing the space as it is. Physically feeling the air here, noticing the light in the room. Sensing the energy of this space in our bodies. It might involve turning our attention into our internal state. This is also a makom. This is also a place in which we exist. I exist in this body, heart, and mind as it is right now in this moment. Before I can pray, 
I have become present in here. And to become present in here it helps to take some time to notice what's going on in me, what's present for me now. Not to necessarily try to wipe it away, or get rid of it, but to really be aware of what is the space I'm in. And to pray from this space to allow my space physically, externally, my space emotionally, mentally, internally. Let this be a place where I can invite myself into communication with God. I am here and God is here. What this Medrash is really telling us, is really what the story of Yaakov is telling us, is when I really arrive here in presence, I can be present with God. And I can't really be present with God if I'm not really here. There's another piece here in this story with Yaakov that uh, I want to add here, which is, it says after his whole dream, by Yikatz Yaakov Mishnato, Yaakov wakes up from his sleep. The rabbis say, don't read it, Vayikatz Mishnato, Ela Mimishnato. Yaakov woke up from his Mishnah, from his learning, from his Torah learning. And the Chazal expands this and says, you know, for this whole journey from Be'er Sheva to Haran, it actually didn't happen overnight. Yaakov spent 14 years walking on the run. One of the beautiful things of being at home is that there's other people here. Some of them, small people who are having a hard time falling asleep. That's another thing we get to invite into our tefillot, to our meeting with God when we're meeting at home, which is the totality of our current predicament and experience, the people in our lives as well. What I was saying was that the rabbi say vayikatz mishnato is that the rabbi say actually Yaakov woke up from his learning that for 14 years he was on this journey and he stopped over at the mythic Beit Midrash of Shem and Eber the place where the Avot learns Torah before there was a Torah given at Sinai and that vayikatz mishnato the rabbi say that Yaakov went to sleep after having learned so long. But the language is actually that he woke up from his learning, not that he went to sleep from his learning. So I wonder if part of what the rabbis are actually saying there is all the Torah that he learned when it came the moment that he had to encounter his life outside Mamash, outside of everything he knew, the Torah he learned became sleep. He had to wake up from everything he knew until now to find God, to meet God anew, to meet God here in this place, to be in God's house. The baby Joshua was wonderful, taught him all the tools, all the information. I'm thinking, thinking now, you know, we have all of the, all the things we relied upon until this moment our spiritual tools, 
even our emotional tools, our knowledge about what's happening in our world, all the articles we can possibly read, all the information we can gather, it's all helpful and valuable and important. And there's a point at which we also exist beyond it. There's a point at which it's just not enough to fully address our own being, our own predicament right now. And there's a house that we live in that extends beyond it. There's a point at which we have to put it to sleep and wake up into just where we are and say, here's where I need to find God. God, here's where I need you. Here's where I'm gonna pray. The place of prayer is offering us an ability to call on God, to invite God into the home that we inhabit beyond any article or any learning we've done until now. Because this is when we're in a situation that we've never been before. He calls on us to find ground in this groundless place for the groundlessness that we've never stepped into before to become our new ground, for this home to become our new home, our deeper home in a way that hasn't been until now. So I'm here with you. I'm here with you. We're sharing this big, great home and each one of our homes. And within each one of our homes, that inner home, we're all in this home together, each in our own way. And whatever we can share to support one another in any ways that we can come together to, in a sense, look through the window at one another, see from our home into each other's home. This is one kind of medicine. If this is valuable, I would love to share small pieces over the course of the coming days and weeks of approaches to parts of our tefillah, parts of our davening that can open up to us in new ways now that it's just us and God sitting in this home. It's just us and these words and these hearts and these bodies praying. And carrying the real prayer here of the words of the Navi, of the Prophet, God saying, my house is going to be a house of prayer for all people of earth. We're in a moment where our prayers are, are shared across this earth. May we really pray in God's house. Many of these recordings are from Rabbi Ami's ongoing weekly classes given at Yeshivat Sharei Shalom in Jerusalem. For more information, 
go to shareshalom.org.il forward slash about. This podcast is supported in part from a grant from the Hadar Institute. The music is by Rav Daniel Cohn. For more from the Shefa Podcast Network, visit our Facebook page and please subscribe and leave a review on Apple Podcasts.